0: Thank you for listening to Excellent Health with the Yukon Kaskukum Health Corporation. On this show, we'll be speaking with medical experts from the Yukon Kaskukum Health Corporation about health-related topics that you can use to keep yourself and your loved ones in excellent health. Uli I'm Nikolai Joke from YKHC. Today we're going to learn about RSV, which is a respiratory virus, what it is, who is at risk of getting it, and what we can do to prevent and treat it. And finally, talk about the vaccine and its availability in the YK Delta. And to help us, I'm joined by Dr. Ellen Hodges, ch- Chief of Staff, and Brian Lefferts, Director of Public Health. Goyana, Dr. Hodges, and Brian, for joining me today. It's always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, great to be here.
0: All right, so the first question is what is RSV?
1: Great, great question. Thanks, Nikolai. RSV stands for respiratory syncytial virus. Um, so it's a respiratory virus that causes cold-like symptoms. So cough, think cough, runny nose, fever, that kind of thing. The people are typically infected with RSV for the first time when they're an infant or a toddler, and nearly all children are infected with this virus before their second birthday. It's a very common virus.
0: Okay.
1: Most people who are infected with RSV show, show symptoms within four to six days. So once you've been exposed to it, It's a pretty short time before you start showing showing symptoms. And you could be infectious before you have symptoms. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So this is going to be runny nose. Runny nose is probably the most typical uh, or overriding thing for this infection. So it causes a lot of nasal secretions. That's Mm. why our little babies get into trouble. Because remember, babies have to breathe through their nose. Mm -hmm. So when they have lots and lots of nasal secretions, they can't breathe very well. They can't eat very well. And this causes problems in our little tiny babies. Uh, but it also causes overall a decrease in appetite, coughing, sneezing, fever, and wheezing. They don't always get all these symptoms all at once, um, for sure. And in little babies, the tiniest babies, the only symptoms might be that decreased eating because they can't eat because of the runny nose. And they, they can't might, breathe. They can't yeah. breathe, yeah. Uh, irritable, um, decreased activity, um, and all those kinds of things. So, so in, in babies, it can be a little more subtle, and it's usually because mm. usually of all those nasal secretions.
0: Wow. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it's it's like Dr. Hodges mentioned, it's a really common virus. Um, most kids, as she said, gets it before the age of two. And so around the United States each year, we see over 2 million people, um, the, the kids under the age of five, go and get diagnosed with RSV. And unfortunately, we see anywhere from 60 to 80,000 kids at that age, that same age, oh, get wow. hospitalized each year. Uh, and, and one to 300 deaths can be attributed to RSV around the country. Um, it also affects um, elders mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. it's really common to see um, a lot of elders go to same thing. Get A lot of them get um, diagnosed with just an outpatient visit, but unfortunately some get hospitalized and can die from it as well. Wow.
0: Yeah. And um, so when do we typically see RSV?
2: Um, it just it, it's A little bit different each year and it also can vary by climate but around most of the United States we typically start to see our first RSV cases in the fall and it usually peaks um, in the wintertime sometime I think um, here in the YK Delta it used to be that it was um, our peak was in the January February time frame but we can see it anywhere out here from um, October all the way through May
1: And one year, actually, our highest rate of cases was in the summer. So it really depends from year to year, you know, exactly when the peak is going to be. Almost always it's January, February. So we're a little bit behind the lower 48, right? So the lower 48 is going to peak probably in November or December. And then we're going to get our peak in December Hmm. and January.
2: Typically. Typically.
1: (laughs) But again, it varies from year to year. And we keep a very close eye on it and monitor the number of RSV cases, um, you know, so every week we monitor the number of RSV cases so we know when the peak is.
2: And last year, we saw um, <clears throat> uh, we started to see cases in the fall, and then they all completely dropped off. And then we saw a much larger uh, increase in cases in the spring time. Um, and then this year, we uh, started seeing cases. Uh, we saw, again, a couple cases early on in the fall, and then nothing for a few weeks. And now we're seeing a lot of RSV cases um, Around the region,
1: you know what's interesting is we were having our worst RSV outbreak in probably a decade, right as COVID uh, quarantine hit in early 2020, and our cases went from the highest cases we had seen in years to zero to zero. Yeah, within a couple of weeks, and everyone was was at home. Everyone was at home, and when they were out, they were wearing masks. I mean, it was really a remarkable epidemiological event.
0: Wow, um, I hadn't heard that before. That that's, Yeah, it, that's if you look at the graph it's like
1: a cliff. It, uh-huh. We were really headed up really really high and then all of a sudden it went to zero within a week or two. March. Fascinating. March of 2020. Anyway, historical stuff. Um wow.
2: we re- just recently started monitoring our wastewater data too yeah. here in Bethel, and so you can see um from that as well and it's on our website. Uh, There's a a weekly we publish the levels of RSV Mm -hmm. that we're seeing in the wastewater, and that tends to track pretty closely to the number of cases that we're seeing in the hospital as well. So, if you're interested, you can go to ykhc.org. There's a drop down menu under public health, and then click on wastewater, and we'll have a little update week to week on what we're seeing um, as far as uh, all the respiratory viruses that typically circulate and cause a lot of problems here. So that's COVID, flu, and RSV. And um, yeah, of course, right now we're right in the middle of RSV season. We're seeing, um, you'll see that in the wastewater and clinically.
0: Correct. And thanks, Brian. And Dr. Hodges, is there a population that's that's more vulnerable to RSV?
1: Yeah, thank you, Nicolai. That's a really great question. Anyone can catch RSV, but it is most dangerous to our smallest children and our older right. adults. Um, According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, almost every child will get RSV infection before they turn two years old. But you can get a repeat infection any time in your life. And people of any age can be infected. RSV accounts for about half of lower respiratory tract infections or pneumonias um, in the 1990s. And in in, in 2012, it it accounted for about a quarter of those pneumonias. Some of these children will need to be hospitalized. And each year, several children in our region die as a result of RSV infection. So those 1 to 300 deaths that occur in the United States, some of them occur in our region. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people recover in a week or two with really no specific treatment. But RSV can be very serious, um, especially those little babies um, and older adults. Interestingly enough, once you're infected with RSV as an infant, so in those first zero to six months of life, you're at higher risk for complications of chronic lung disease for the rest of your life. There's just something about RSV and that little babies getting that first infection that sets them up to have repeated pneumonias and chronic lung disease as they get older. Um, And nobody's really sure why exactly that virus causes that trouble. Um, We're a little bit worried that COVID might be in that same Mm -hmm. situation. in that same bus but we don't know yet because we don't have enough data we, we, COVID yeah. hasn't been around enough um, so it's really important uh, to really try to prevent that first RSV infection in those little bitty babies um, and then of course in our older adults it can also cause a serious infection we learned this when we started doing respiratory surveillance in our hospital on older adults and I was surprised myself to see how many of the older adults who were hospitalized with pneumonia tested positive for RSV yeah
2: um and it's, it's historically been a, a big issue for the YK Delta, especially with the infants. Um, mm-hmm. Our rates with elders tend to, um, I think, more closely match or align with what you're seeing in the lower 48. But with infants, it's we've always had really high RSV rates compared to the lower 48. In the 1990s, um, the rates of infant hospitalization was over 10 times what it was in the lower 48 since then, in the early 2000s, it dropped from about 15% of all infants being hospitalized to about 7%, seven but it's still three times higher than the lower 48. And um, since, then, since, since the early 2000s, it's dropped even a little bit more, but still very, very high. And we think that that could be, for a number of reasons, um, you know, a lot of the homes in the region- um, Yeah, I was just
0: about to say, looking at these rates, I think about our culture and like the- the kinds of um, living conditions that we have here in the Delta with multi-generational people mm-hmm. living in homes, mm-hmm. um, sharing one home and like, just the way that we're so affectionate with each other, you mm-hmm. know, kissing on the lips and just very, very affectionate hugging and, and kissing, loving, very expressing our love in these kinds of ways mm-hmm. that um, unfortunately spread disease, the the, mm-hmm. the worst. <laughs> yeah, especially for
1: those little babies. Yeah. Um, got to be careful not to let the people kiss 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 those babies on the lips mm-hmm. until they get a little bit older.
2: Well, no, that's a really good segue into you know how do you prevent RSV? You know, because we like you mentioned we have a lot of conditions where which are wonderful, but um, can increase our risk of um, transmitting RSV or getting RSV if you're a baby. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some things that we can do um, to avoid that. So when you spread RSV by when. When you have RSV, if you cough or sneeze, what happens is there's these tiny droplets in those, in the, in that cough, just like with COVID or mm-hmm. with flu, um, that can go out and it can it can land on somebody else's eyes or nose or mouth. And when you have direct contact from kissing or from just breathing the air around somebody else's who's been infected, or with RSV, unlike COVID, you can it's even sometimes spread um, by touching surfaces where. Mm-hmm. Well wow. we think that that's maybe one of the reasons why um <clears throat> in in communities that don't have running water, you're much more oh, likely yeah. to spread yeah. RSV because mm-hmm. it's more difficult to wash those surfaces mm-hmm. often um but still it spread resp um i think uh person to person just by breathing mm-hmm. and and um and so that's why if you're um feeling sick you know we' mm-hmm. talked about it earlier then you should avoid being around those infants and elders who are really high risk
1: yeah. That's a really good point. It's hard to do sometimes, especially with a brand-new baby. Everyone's so excited yeah, about a brand-new baby. Yeah, it's for sure. such a welcome addition to the household. <laughs> and we were just talking right before we started the recording <laughs> yeah. how adorable they are and everyone wants to be around them. But especially during respiratory season, it's essential um, that people who are sick aren't around these babies. Yeah,
0: I, I just remembered what I was going to say. You know, the when we hear about, like, the highest-risk population and, and, and those t- words especially, you um, Most of them pertain to the YK Delta, Mm -hmm. just because of all of those things that we talked about um, just a little bit ago. So um, anyway, so I wanted to ask you, Dr. Hodges, what exactly is severe RSV?
1: So, so examples of severe infection is that bronchiolitis. So that's what little kids get. And it's an inflammation of the small airways of the lung. So little kids, their airways are pretty small. Um, and so they can't clear their secretions out very easily. And so it's easy to get inflamed. And when that happens, they have lots of difficulty breathing. So mm-hmm. it's called bronchiolitis. Okay. Um, so not bronchitis, which is sort of also an inflammation of airways, <laughs> just the smaller airways, the bronchial. So bronchiolitis. And then in adults, it causes pneumonia. So, so same sort of. Thing, only more of a, an interstitial disease there with a, um, um, pneumonia in the, in the older adults. It also can cause pneumonia in children, but it's more likely to cause that bronchiolitis. Okay. Um, and that's when they get into severe trouble with breathing, and need to be on oxygen, and have to be in the hospital.
0: All right. And then um, is RSV treatable? Are there treatments for when someone does get RSV?
1: Yeah, sure. This is a great question. So there's not an antiviral medication for RSV. Oh, so okay. like for flu, there's um, Oseltamivir that we can use. Um, and for COVID, we can use Paxlovid mm-hmm. or um, Molnupiravir, but there's no specific antiviral for RSV. Oh, okay. So they mostly go away on their own in a week or two. Um, but we need to make sure we relieve symptoms. So we need to make mm-hmm. sure we're managing our fever and the pain using over-the-counter um, pain pain redu- reducers and fever. Icetaminophen and ibuprofen are good examples of that. Don't Give aspirin to children, but aspirin for adults. Drink lots of fluids. It's really important that you stay well hydrated. It helps your body fight off the um, infection. Um, And then talk to your healthcare provider before you give your child any non-prescription cold medicines. Most cold medicines don't do any good, and they can be harmful for children. One thing that can help... um, in children who are over a year old who have a cold uh, is give them a little bit of honey. That's one of the things that the evidence oh. suggests. It's, it's sort of like an old wives' tale, right? But it's it's one of the only things that's evidence-based to reduce coughing. But do not give honey to children under one year. So this is kids okay. over one year. So your little kids really got to keep their noses sucked out nice and clean and try to keep their fevers down.
0: So we talked a little bit about... Um, how contagious rsv is and we talked about how it gets passed from person to person um but let's talk about the um the the life of how long is a person contagious
2: yeah people with rsv who have rsv are usually contagious for about three to eight days um it can vary person to person how sick you got maybe how strong your own immune system is um and you could become contagious for a day or two before you start getting sick um, but most people are going to be really infectious in that earlier on in that, in that, um, that illness period. So again, you know, that's a good reason if you're starting to feel sick, avoid being around others. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do, um, <coughs> cough or sneeze and people are around, make sure you use a tissue or, or cover your mouth with your, with your shirt sleeve, not your hands. And then wash your hands often if you can with soap and water, 20 seconds, um, And then also, you know, right now there's an RSV vaccine. So if you're um, pregnant in the thirty third trimester or um, over 60, then we really encourage you to get um, vaccinated. And that can also help you prevent you from spreading it to others. Um, And then not only if you're sick and avoid being around uh, um, others, but also keep an eye on those those little kids, I think. you know, it's those school-age kids mm-hmm. that are running around the house and going to school and picking up these viruses. And they and might not get really home. sick themselves, <laughs> yeah. you know, but if they're, if you notice that they're, uh, you know, ex- exhibiting some of these symptoms, they have a runny nose, maybe try to keep them away from baby too.
1: Yeah, because those school-age kids uh, may get RSV, but they're not going to be as sick as the baby. Yeah. So if yeah. you have a newborn, especially if you have a newborn and school-age kids, which a lot of people do, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're and your kids seem to always have a runny nose during school, right? Yeah, you know, just try to keep them from kissing the baby quite as much. Um, It's hard because, you know, like I said before, babies are so precious and it's so nice to be able to love on them. But got to be careful around those brand new ones.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so we talked about what RSV is. We talked about who's at risk of getting it and what we can do to prevent and treat it. So now let's talk about immunizations.
1: This is my favorite topic. So <laughs> in the past, we've been able to provide uh, Pelavizumab, which is very expensive, has to be given every month. And it was only given to very high-risk infants. So mm. the infants who had um, bad hearts, uh, chron- you know, terrible heart disease, they had b- born very early, very premature mm-hmm. babies. So it was limited to the number of people we could give it to. It was very expensive. And it was an injection that had to be given every month. Oh, wow. Um, and it was pretty limited. So it was limited to sort of like mm. the highest-risk children that we had. Have, um, and it was uh, hard because the parents had to bring these kids into the clinic every yeah. month, and get this this do this vaccine. It's an immunoglobulin, but sort of thing. But now, we have something new um, that hey. has was released or approved by the FDA this summer, um, and it's called Nursivimab and um, it is for all. Alaska Native children who are younger than 19 months and the non-native babies who are up to eight months of age. Um, so, again, remember, Alaska Natives have a much higher risk of complications from RSV. Mm-hmm. So all babies, zero to eight months, and then Alaska Native babies, zero to 19 months. Okay. And some high-risk kids who are who are older than 19 months, but that's going to be a very special circumstance. Um, so nirsevimab is... Um, Contains antibodies, which helps the body fight off the severe RSV infection. It is expected to reduce the risk of severe disease, what we were talking about, those hospitalizations, yeah. those bronchiolitis, by 80%. Wow. Um, it could be just a That's game substantial. changer. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, so many years of seeing babies having trouble breathing. Um, it's just a relief to be able to have something to give to parents and to their children, you know, well, you don't give it to parents, give it to the children for the parents, uh, to reduce this stress and risk of these babies getting so sick in their first, first years of life. So, um, newborns who are born in the hospital, the parents will be offered this vaccine for their mm-hmm. child. Um, and then, um, this vaccine will be available is available all around the Delta um for parents. So zero to nineteen months of age um, really need to get that shot in. So this one shot, it's good for the whole season. Okay. So kids that are going to be going through a second season next year can get another shot mm. next fall mm-hmm. um, when they're, you know, if they're before if they're younger than 19 months, if that makes sense. So uh, we really want to get as many people as possible uh, this shot near
2: And we've been working really hard to try to get that out um to communities over the last yeah. Several weeks. Um, unfortunately, there's a limited supply around right. the country. Hmm. Uh, so they've really restricted how much people can get. But the CDC and the state um, helped get us um, because of our historically high rates of RSV hospitalization. Mm-hmm. We got uh, a lot more than I think some other regions mm-hmm. around the country. And we've been trying to, um, because there's a limited supply and we can't just put um as much as we'd like in all the clinics we're calling around to eligible infants and finding out um if people are in their community and um so because you know people travel and that sort of thing we Mm want to make sure that if we ship out vaccine for them that they would be able to go up to the clinic and and receive this so um yeah if, if you if you haven't heard from us and you're interested please call us um and we can, we can let you know if you're eligible. Our number, a good number to call is the old COVID hotline, five four three six nine four nine. and somebody can take your information um, or call your local health clinic. Or, um, and if you're in Bethel, you can also, I believe, make an appointment with scheduling and talk to your provider.
0: So we talked about the babies, um, and then now is, uh, is the vaccine also available for other uh, populations?
1: Well, there is an RSV vaccine, but it's different than the one for babies. So okay. we and I think Brian mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, but we have a vaccine that's available for pregnant moms, so they can pass on a little bit of immunity to their babies in that okay. in those first few months of life. Um, they should be getting that in their third trimester of pregnancy. We already also give flu shots and um, pertussis shots to pregnant moms, so it's just just be another one of those shots given to pregnant moms every pregnancy to help prevent. Um, sicknesses in those new babies. Because remember, we can't vaccinate newborns um, until um, they're about six weeks old, right? Because their immune mm-hmm. systems just aren't going to help. They can't, you know, really get the, the robust response like the pertussis and the influenza. So that's, that's the reason for giving the vaccine to the mom because she can pass on those um, antibodies to the baby. And then for our elders, 60 and older. Yeah. So those, those, those sort of two groups, um, we, we do have um, RSV vaccine available um, in the hospital for these two for these two groups of people,
2: yeah. And we're trying to get more. Right now, it's limited supply. It took it's it became available later in the year than some of the others did. So we're we just recently got our first shipment of that and got it authorized and loaded it into our system and stuff. So we're so we have it here in Bethel. Our goal is to get that out to the villages soon as well, for. Um, People who are pregnant in their third trimester, although for that group, most of those individuals are coming to Bethel and Mm -hmm. receiving the vaccine because they come to Bethel to have a baby Um, anyhow. So we're able to administer to them, but we're hoping to be able to get it out and available to our elders um, soon. Like in the next week or two,
1: <laughs> yeah. And the evidence for that d- vaccine for the elders is also that it reduces the severity of the disease, mm-hmm. so it reduces the pneumonias and the hospitalizations associated with RSV infection.
2: Which is really the goal of most vaccines, and um, the goal of the flu vaccine. At this point, the goal of the COVID vaccine. You know, we're not not always stopping people from getting an infection, but it's keeping them from being really sick or yeah. needing to go to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: we, right before we started recording, just a reminder to everyone, there is still a lot of flu out there and it is causing severe disease in some people. Um, so it's not too late to get your flu shot. And that we have plenty of. There's no limits on the flu shot uh, the availability. So call your clinic or call the hospital. And um, I believe we're still offering um, flu vaccines on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the okay. gathering space. So come up about one thirty. Uh, between 1.30 and 4.30, and you can get a flu shot uh, at the hospital.
2: Flu and COVID. Flu and
1: COVID. Awesome. That's
0: good to know that that's still going on. Yeah. All right. So we talked about all of these different things. And then, Brian, you kind of alluded to the the website a while ago, and I think that that's very fascinating stuff that you're working with. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit more about that?
2: sure yeah so uh several days a week we go down to a lift station here in bethel and we pull a sample from there and we process it um, in our wastewater lab and then we analyze it to see how much um, virus we can detect Uh, we look for covid flu and rsv in the wastewater and then we track the and trend that and we can see if there's more or less this week or throughout the week than there was the week before and um <clears throat> we post that information on the YKHC website. So if people are curious to know, like, where are we right now in flu season or where are we with the, in the RSV season or how much COVID are we seeing circulating around the community? We don't um, rely as much on just um, testing numbers like we used to with COVID, mm-hmm. um, you know, because people test at home or in the case of flu and RSV, the only way we only really test people if they're really, really sick. And so um, this is a great way to just kind of get a snapshot of a level of um, virus that's in the community. And, and maybe more importantly, if we're starting to see more and more cases or if it seems like we're kind of getting through this wave that's going through the community right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because we had a, I'm sorry, we had a relatively early flu uh, spike, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there was a lot of flu earlier this fall. um, And then it kind of went down a little and we saw that reflected in the wastewater data. um, And now it's going up again, right? The way it's going up in the wastewater and we're seeing clinically more cases and more severe cases. So I can't emphasize that enough, please go get a flu shot. It's so important. Anyone six months of age and older um, is eligible for a flu shot and it's just so important to go get that. It's something easy you can do to help prevent severe flu disease.
2: And We're switching topics a little bit here, <laughs> but I just got something else to add about flu. <laughs> uh, you know, because this is the second wave, and um, the thing about flu is there's there's lots of different types of flu too. You know, there's um, you know you might have H1N1 or H H one in H5N1, or there's lots of different kinds. And so just because you think you had the flu, or even if you were diagnosed with the flu in back in October or November, you might have a different strain right now, and um there are others that are maybe going to come later there's flu b and, mm-hmm. and so go get that flu shot because even if you had the flu already because it'll protect against i think it's a quadrivalent mm-hmm. that means it protects against four different strains oh, wow. of circulating okay. flu plus flu b so or three flu a's
1: and a flu b yeah and COVID, we cannot end a health <laughs> health yeah. conversation without talking about COVID. Get that COVID uh, spike um, booster. Uh, it's effective against the strains that are circulating now, and again, it prevents severe disease. Um, and so, any anyone six months of age and older um, really needs to get that that. Um, that covid vaccine as well uh, it does make your arm hurt i noticed i got it myself <laughs> a couple of weeks ago and my arm was painful um but uh it, that's important to get if you if you were recently diagnosed with covid it's it's okay to wait up to 90 days after your infection to get the vaccine but for those of you who did not catch the covid uh the uh you know wave or you caught it this summer now is time to go get that oh spike. i just
0: caught it like a month and a half ago ah again. there you go <laughs> yeah yeah i noticed yeah. like I was doing laundry and I was like, I can't smell my dryer sheets.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought
0: it was just a bad cold, but I got the test and sure enough, yeah. you know, it was COVID. But yeah, I, I think, you know, Brian, I, I wanted to mention that your team got recognized for the way that you, uh, your team does the wastewater sampling. Um, you guys changed the, the way that wastewater sampling is done, correct?
2: Uh, yeah, we, I mean, uh, have taken a different approach to doing some wastewater sampling here. We It's... Um a, a method that doesn't rely on some really fancy lab um, uh-huh. and very expensive <laughs> lab equipment yeah. um, that's used other places. So it's a it's a great way to get a quick snapshot of what's circulating in the community and something that other places around Alaska or even lower 48, um, relatively si- similar in size and don't have all the capacity that mm-hmm. maybe like San Francisco or Chicago mm-hmm. has um, <laughs> to um, analyze that. So
0: yeah, and we do update that information every week, and it's super helpful. Um, anything else that you, either of you want to, um, any tips that you want to end the show with?
1: Well, I guess mainly get vaccinated <laughs> um, and stay home and away from, from those vulnerable folks if you are ill. Uh, get a, Put a mask on, uh, wash your hands frequently, um, and, and if you don't feel well, maybe don't go visit the brand new baby just yet.
0: Yeah, all the things that we've been doing for the last three <laughs> yes, years.
1: I know. Yeah.
0: I know. All righty. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for taking the time to share with us today. And thank you to everyone who's listening. I'm Nikolai Joke, and this is Excellent Health with the Yukon Cuscookum Health Corporation.